Yo, 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 what up? So, today is, uh, well, today is actually Thursday, the, uh, I think it's like the 16th or 17th now. Let me check. Yeah, I think it's the 17th. Um, it's about 7.30 in the morning. I'm heading off to work. Uh, it's Thursday, and I'm going to record this in bits and pieces because I just, I just finished up, you know, I'll probably get this out like Monday. Uh, I just finished up watching all of One Piece on Netflix to get you to the end of the Alabasta storyline. And that's what I wanted to talk about. You know, not right right now that it's fresh and hot, and I've watched all the episodes and I know exactly what happened. You know, I want to talk about it before it erased from my mind. And then I'm also going to talk about perhaps. Tomorrow or Saturday, the Raider game that's happening on today, Thursday gets the Chargers. I'm going to watch it in the comfort of my own room, you know, so, but that's not happening until like 12 hours from now. So, but either way, let's start off with this one piece. So, where I left off last time, they made it into the Grand Line. Now, they had been bouncing around. They were at, I think they, they landed at the dude with the whale. Uh, that's where they meet, uh, Miss Wednesday, and I think Mr. Nine. I'm not sure which Mr. he was. Uh, that's your first run-in with the Mr. Nine, or... It could be Mr. Eight. I'm not exactly sure which number he was, that, uh, Dark Bomb. But you run into Miss Wednesday, and that becomes an interesting, you know little thing right there so they're in the they get to the well uh they saved the well because the well was standing at the edge of the grand line you know like trying to fuck up anybody who was coming in well actually it was waiting for another pirate ship to come back but the guy thought that they had died so they weren't coming back but the well was stuck there so Lu- luffy made uh luffy luffy san uh, made them made the well part of his crew and told him he would come back and for all intents and purposes they'll run they should run across each other again uh, so they did that whole little well and then they ended up at whiskey peaks uh, which was like whiskey peak is a town where these bounty hunters and assassins all gathered and their goal was to lure uh, pirates and people to come into their town, you know, like they were acting friendly. And they would get them drunk and get them full of food and get them, you know, comfortable at sleeping at night. And then they'd like kill them or, or capture them. That was the whole goal of Whiskey Peak. However, Zorro, Zorro fucked up everybody. And uh, that's when you find out about. A couple of other of the other misters come up. There's like Mr. I think Mr. Four and Mrs. Five, or Mr. Four and Mr. Five, and I think there's like uh, a couple of the of the misses there too. From Baroque Works, are they uh? They're there. They're waiting for uh, Luffy. Luffy at that point has 30 million berries on his head. 
uh, like I said, that in the end of the, before they entered the Grand Line, they had made that, after they beat uh, Arlong, they had gotten the 30 minutes, so they had that bounty going on them, even when they went to Low Town, and then, and then eventually into the Grand Line. Uh, so they, they were, you know, they made it seem like nothing in the Grand Line reaches from the outside of the Grand Line, like a lot of pirates don't even make it in the Grand Line. But somehow, everybody makes it into the Grand Line, and word travels fast. I, I guess that the birds are the ones traveling, the news. They, they travel and let people know what's going on on the sea. Uh, but yeah, into, they get, so they run into, I forget, maybe it's Mr. Five or Mr. Six is Igram, and Igram is actually... In actuality, he's undercover, as well as Miss Wednesday, which Miss Wednesday ends up turning up, turning out to be Vivi, and she's a princess to the Alabasta Kingdom, which is like another island or two up. Well, either way, the Luffy in company, I think it's Luffy, Sanji, and Zoro, or maybe not Sanji, but Luffy and Zoro handle I think Mr. 3 and Mr. 4 I think no no maybe Mr. 4 Mr. 5 uh, they handle him so and they pretty much tell him that they're part of the Baroque company and that the higher the number or the, the lower the number the greater the power and that he had just barely beaten like Mr. 8 or Mr. 9, and that didn't really count. So for like Mr. 4, Mr. 5, we're going to like squash Luffy. And, and the guy could, the guy could turn his, they had devil fruit powers too. They had um, bomb bomb powers. I think they, he was flicking his snot <laughs> and it could explode shit. Uh, that was that guy's powers. And the other girl had the powers to where she could change her weight. I think it was called Kilo Kilo Power or Kilo Kilo. The kilo kilo power or kilo kilo fruit, which what she had, she could increase or decrease her weight, so she could turn herself to like one kilo and like float away, and then she could also. Um, but I'm not exactly sure that that lady was a number, uh, num uh, number or not. But anyway, she could also like float up and then like turn herself into like a hundred thousand kilos and like crush somebody. That was her. That was her power, and them two were a team. Uh, e but either way, Luffy and that, all them beat beat them, and they beat Whiskey Peak. Well, the Whiskey Peak happened kind of quick. Uh, I want to say that happened over like less than a dozen episodes, maybe maybe fifteen episodes at, at the most. Uh, Whiskey Peak was kind of fast, and so they they leave, and then they get on to, they start heading out to Little Garden, and they run into Mr. Three there. Well, actually, you get, uh, they run into, uh, Miss, Miss Sunday, or Miss Old Sunday, or Miss All Wednesday, I forget what her name is, I, there's so many goddamn names, like, it's hard. But they run into who eventually turns out to be Nico Robin. 
But I think she's Miss All Sunday or Miss Sunday. Uh, she's right behind the guy who is Mr. Mister Zero, which, he, which, again, that guy is also, come to find out his name is Crocodile. Uh, and he's one of the seven warlords of the sea. But before all that, they go to uh, Little Garden, and like it's like a jungle paradise. But that, actually, that island was kind of cool. It was like a dinosaur island, like it was like a land before time. And then they had there was these two giant ass giants on there that were fighting uh, to the death, their battle to the death, and. Uh, Luffy and all them run up on there, and they have, but it, back in Whiskey Peak, Egram tells uh, Luffy and all them that Vivi is a princess, and she needs, he, he needs them to get her back to Alabasta, the Alabasta Kingdom, to help stop a war, and that their, the information that they uncovered could help, and this and that, so Luffy, Luffy and Zoro, and, you know, Yusuf and all them, take Vivi from Whiskey Peak. They end up at uh, Little Garden. And at the Little Garden, Baroque ends up sending Mr. Three to help Mr. Four. And Mr. Four's sidekick, the lady who can do her weight. And they're, they're there to stop or kill I think Luffy, Luffy, and also Vivi. That's the main objective, I think, of the Mr. Three. And Mr. Three is supposed to be, like, some tough shit. So they get to the little garden, and they find out quickly that they're supposed to be there for, like, a year. Because the, 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 the compass, I forget what special name to give those compass, the compasses. But Vivi, or not Vivi, uh, Nami is in charge of the compasses. Uh, what is the fucking compass called? If I heard it, I would know. If it's... Um, anyways, the compass charges by mag- magnetism, and that's how they're able to travel up through the islands. And supposedly there's like a thousand islands to get to the last island in the Grand, li- in the, in the grand Line. And I want to say it's the e- eternal, it's, but it's not called a compass. It's called a, oh, what is it fucking called? It's not the eternal, it's the, I forgot what it, where, I forget what their little compass is called. But anyways, uh, so they head to the little garden and they find out, with the compass that it takes a year to charge. I don't know how they figure that out. <clears throat> I think the giants end up telling them, but they they get out of this island and they just start fucking up the dinosaurs. Uh, they're looking to get meat and stuff and some supplies, so they end up going out there. And they Zoro and Sanji are both like dead set on competing who can bring back the biggest piece of meat or biggest animal. And, you know, for me, and and that's their adventure. Now, Luffy, L- Luffy ends up heading out, and um, 
I think he just bolts out, you know, and Usopp and Nami are, like, kind of, like, doing their own thing. That's how they get, they get onto the island and get searching for shit. Um, at which point, Luffy ends up, uh, Luffy goes with Vivi, as a matter of fact. They end up meeting the Giants first. And I think Luffy ends up fighting with one of the Giants initially. I'm not exactly sure. But on the side, they're being, they're, now they're being hunted by Mr. Three. And Mr. Three is this wax dude. Uh, but his wax, when the wax is like liquid, it's, it's wax. But when it hardens, it turns to steel. So, uh, he's actually pretty hard to beat initially. Uh, but the two giants, the two giants, I forgot their names. They're like, they're two massive giants. They have been waging war for a hundred years. And I guess they live for like four or five hundred years, I think. That's their age, their age limit. They are on the island, but they forgot why they were fighting. They have been battling every day, like twice a day for a hundred years. <laughs> And they were like, it was a draw. Like, I don't think either one had won one. Um, so all of that's going, and it's actually kind of cool because there's a. I, I like that the island was like, there was like dinosaurs on it. There was like long necks. There was uh, T Rexes, Triceratops, and like all kinds of shit on that island. Yeah, big ass saber tooth tigers. And and Luffy fucking, he just doesn't give a shit. He went and hit, like, the first tiger and just, like, KO'd it. And, uh... Yeah, the whole... The story goes that... Those two giants that are on the island have a giant bounty. So they send Mr. Three. And Mr. Three's, like, low-key trying to capture all of them. Like... He's trying to capture and kill Vivi. Vivi's the main target. But so is uh, Luffy, Luffy, Zoro, Nami, Sanji, Usopp, the two giants. It's the whole entire, you know, cast at that point is like wanted. It's got like a big bounty on their head. So their battle with Mr. Three ends up taking place. I think they run into. He starts capturing. I think he captures Nami. He captures Zoro. He captures Vivi. And all that's left is Sanji, Usopp, and, Lo- and Luffy that aren't captured. And that's when the plot becomes a little bit thicker. To where Luffy is like, well, he's going to be he, Mr. Three. Like, Mr. Three is like this. His powers are, I think, the wax wax fruit or whatever. Wax wax fruit. Like I say, he could turn his body to wax and, like, harden people. And his his ultimate ability is, like, he can make... He can turn a whole area into a wax setting and freeze it and kill the people, like, and everybody. And then he has the power to... He's got some lady that can paint and paints on attributes to them. Like, if she paints red, that means they're sad. Or if she paints black, that means they're happy or blue. That means they're ticklish or whatever. 
So she can paint the wax figurines to do whatever it is that they want them to do. And that's how that's how their abilities like grow or whatever. So they they end up they end up doing battle. Now that that takes a while um, before Luffy Luffy and and company usurp. And at the time, it's only Luffy and Usopp are the only ones because Zoro, Zoro, Nami, and Vivi are all captured and gonna die. Now that shit is kind of funny because Zoro's like, well, if I'm gonna be captured and died, he starts posing like, <laughs> uh, he, he, he's raising his sword. He's like, they're like, why aren't you taking this serious, Zoro? And he's like, well, if I'm gonna die, I wanna at least look good, look heroic. And Nami, Nami looks all mad, and Vivi's like, what the fuck, like. This is how we're going to die. And so that's how they get stuck. They get stuck like that for a minute. But anyways, um, Luffy ends up figuring out that if they just melted the wax, it could free Zoro and all them. And I forget how they do it. Uh, it because it's Luffy and Usopp. But they end up they end up freeing Zoro, Nami, and Vivi, and they end up freeing the giant, and it's and then Luffy ends up like whipping up on Mr. Three's ass and Mr. Four and Mr. Mr. Four's sidekick. He ends up whipping up on all their asses, like pretty much Luffy by himself. And then Zoro and them uh, they come out. He come out to help at like the last second. Meanwhile, Sanji stumbles because he—he's like the first one back. Him and Zoro were in competition to figure out who had who could bring back the biggest piece of meat. And he ends up back at the ship, and he's like, "Then he's like, where's everybody at?" Like, so he sets off to go look, but he runs into uh, Mister Three's like headquarters, which is like a house made of wax, but it's like a house made of steel. And he inside, there's all kinds of food and all that. Um, so Sanji's in there eating, and then he. He actually talks to to Crocodile, like, he talks to him on the phone, and he finds out, like, he's like, oh, yeah, like, uh, the Straw Hat Pirate has been defeated, Nami's been killed, I'm on my way back, and then he's like, well, why are you playing around, and Sanji is pretending to be Mr. Three, so... He ends up uncovering a little bit of the plot, like the foreshadowing that's going to happen. And either way, on after all of that, they all end up back at the ship, which they end up leaving. And But the two giants said that there's, a, there's an incredible monster that they can't pass unless the two giants... Uh, handle it, and which is like a, it's like a giant fucking goldfish. It looks like a giant magic carp, actually. It's huge. Like it's bigger than the two giants that are bigger than fucking Luffy and all them. So they tell him, hey, go straight into the creature's mouth. We'll fucking make some giant hole, so that way this creature won't eat you. Like, like that's another reason why a lot of people have not left this little garden town, because the fucking this giant ass fish is like in the way. So they help. Luffy and them get past all of that, and at which point they end up uh, getting to Drum Island. All right, hold on one second. Drum motherfucking island. All right, so that's where I left off because I had to get to work. 
today. So I'm going to finish wrapping up. I hope I finish wrapping up uh, all of what I watched at One Piece. As far as what's on Netflix, and it's a good start because I think I watched like a hundred and some, uh, maybe like 130, 140 episodes. And overall, I got to say, everything started picking up really well. I mean, it stopped being so, like, to me, so tediously boring in the beginning. I got to say, the beginning of it, the first 20 episodes were hard to get through. But once it started rolling, like I said, once it got to... Once it got to Arlong's story, and and then the Logue Town, and into the Grand Line, I didn't... The show really picked up well. Um... And then, like I said, they they did Whiskey Peak. They pranked up Princess Vivi, and they headed to Little Garden. From Little Garden, they headed to Drum Island. And I can't, I still can't remember. All, all day I've been thinking about what the fuck was a little... I think it's almost a, a log. I, I know there's Logue Town. And I think it's a log. Lock point or something point? I, I don't know. I, I should have Googled that shit. Matter, matter of fact, let me Google it right now. But it's a... Uh, let me see. Let me see what it's going to come up on Google. One Piece. Compass thing. Let me see what comes up. Log pose. That's what it's called. Okay, the log pose. Anyways... What I was saying is, okay, they, on their way to Drum Island, they run into uh, Wapple, and his gum gum ability is eating shit. <laughs> Not actually eating shit, but eating. Or he can eat anything. And he actually starts eating Luffy's shit, and Luffy fucking smacks him, and he goes flying out into the ocean. Uh, so they run into Wapple Sam there. I think that was like one episode. And then they actually end up on Drum Island. On Drum Island, they uh, they encounter resistance initially. The island is where wary of pirates. And uh, they don't want them. But they need a doctor because Nami, Nami falls ill. And she falls ill. She got, I think she got bit by something on Little Garden. And... Like, it gave her a fever. Like, it was going to kill her, actually. But they make it to Drum Island, and there's only one doctor on the island. And then they get into the whole backstory of why there was only one doctor and what happened and why the guy doesn't trust. The main guy, I forget what his name is now, um, but he transformed into a ox or a bull or some shit. That was his ability. And, that, and, I, and now that... This, like, can catch up with the story. There's multiple people that can transform from, like, human to animal, and I think they're called Zoan types. Uh, they've been sprinkling that in. Uh, but that guy turns into a bull. Chopper turns in from a reindeer to a human, which they meet Chopper. I think I talked about Chopper before. Uh, but he becomes, like, he's, like, the fifth or sixth member. He, he becomes... But at Drum Island, they the whole story goes that you know Nami's sick, so they're trying to get her to uh, to a doctor. Come to find out, the doctor everybody thinks is a witch or like some crazy lady, which she is. 
Well, actually, I don't know, because that lady was, that old lady, Doctorine, um, was like 130 years old, and she kept saying she was a young 130. And actually, outside of her appearance being old, she actually was kicking people's asses. Like, she was fucking up Sanji a little bit, and she was a lively 130 or 150, I don't know. But you're supposed to be dead at that age anyways, but she was still alive, so I'm not exactly sure how she was alive, other than maybe she had some she had some sort of power to her. But anyways, they, they send they send um Luffy, Sanji, and Nami but Nami's like dead. Luffy and Sanji are carrying her. They send them up to the to this castle, it's like on top of the tallest fucking mountain and all the drum island and it's like snowing as fuck there and they got to get up there to get to this doctor that's what they're trying to do um meanwhile you soap and vivi head to the next town over to try to find her which they don't end up finding actually they cross paths and she kicks the fuck out of you soap <laughs> uh so they cross, they, cross, they cross paths, but they don't know. But then they get to where they thought she was, and then she's not there. And they tell her that she's at where they had originally started. Meanwhile, Zoro is fucking training with Karo, the duck. that it, It's actually Vivi's duck, which you come to find out is called the Supersonic, or the Supersonic Speed Squad or something like I actually, it, it might be the Supersonic Squad or some shit like that. The Dozlecs are kind of cool, but they kind of remind me of Chocobos. And actually, he was, Carl was around in um, in Whiskey Peak, but it wasn't like that much of a a thing, a presence. They just kind of, he was just kind of there. Um, but now in Drum Island, uh, and actually that that. Duck was in the little garden too, and he actually played a little bit of a role there, because he helped he helped Usopp run around. Uh, so they get to they get to Drama and they're trying to get Nami help, healthy. Anyways, Luffy, Sanji, pick a fight with these bunnies, and these bunnies pick a fight with them back, and they cause an avalanche. <laughs> they cause an avalanche, and it buries the city, and Wapple ends up back at Drum Island randomly. Well, actually, they they come up on Drum Island, and then they find out that that's where they recognize Luffy's ship. Uh, I forget what they named the ship. They actually named the ship. But they don't talk of, they don't say the name of it that often. Well, anyways, Wapple finds out that they're in. Wapple, actually, at that point, they come to find out that He's a real bastard. He he took all the doctors of the land and forced them to work for him. And then he was going to charge people like some outrageous amount of money to get medical care. And that's how he was going to come on. That's how he was going to... He wasn't going to do like slavery or anything like that. His, his goal was he was going to like monopolize the doctors of the, of the island, which he did. And it left like it left a vacuum like there was no fucking doctor, so they ended up tur- turning to 
doctorine and then uh, some other quirky ass doctor. All in all, the story goes a little further. Wapple ends up uh, getting on the island. He ends up fighting the guy who's in charge there currently, which is the guy that Zoro and Luffy and all of them had kind of already ran or talked to and come across. And he he wants he actually tries to take back over the island, but all the people of the island are ready. They have the that guy's back. And then Zoro comes along and he's like, well, you know, he's gonna um, you know, help out too because he doesn't think that it's fair. But actually, I think he knows that Wapple is an asshole. So Wapple ends up he's like, well, fuck it, I'm gonna go back to my castle where you find out where Chopper. Uh, and actually, I think it's Tiny Ton Ton Chopper or Tiny Ton Chopper, one of those choppers. Uh, that's where you find out that. Chopper is also a doctor, but he's working for Dr. Ean. But they get into his whole backstory. He was how he ate the gum gum fruit or the devil fruit as well. And he got abilities to talk or abilities to transform into a human or something. And then he was outcasted from the Rangers. He was outcasted by all of humanity. Because they thought he was like some sort of monster. Like he had an interesting backstory. Chopper, like they got, they did his old backstory about how the Rangers didn't like that he could walk on two feet, so they like they, the Rangers bullied him. And then like he came up on humans, and they they were like, oh my god, it's a, a vision. So they tried to kill him. And he ends up palling around with some doctor at the time, which is not a he's not a doctor, but I guess he's trying. Uh, he starts doing all this crazy shit. And that doctor just experiments on everybody. <laughs> and he actually got he got a hold of Chopper and you know he helped Chopper out. And then Chopper, you know, he ends up talking to him and he's like, Why are you the only one that accepts me? He's like, Well, you're a patient. I wouldn't kill you, this and that. But he's a pirate himself and he's done supposedly he's done some bad things. He doesn't want Chopper following him around, but Chopper does. So, anyways, all of this is going on. Luffy and them make it to the top. They start getting Nami. And Nami, Sanji, and Luffy are all fucked up by the time they get to this to this doctor, Dr. Dean. And she heals them up. And you know, and she puts them in like some sort of un like ungodly debt, which is, you know, kind of cool. because uh, Nami be putting everybody else in debt. <laughs> So the story goes a little more. Finally, they come. They come to. Everybody gets together. Chopper is, you know, up and about. And Luffy wakes up hungry from his sleep. And the first thing he sees is Chopper, and he's like meat, and he wants to eat him. So he starts chasing Chopper around, and then Doctor Ian is like not having it. But Wapple ends up coming up and then it's like and it is the whole the whole shebang it's like Zoro's fighting Sanji and Nami are in, involved Chopper's involved Luffy's involved this guy Wapple's got like two henchmen that they got they got gum gum powers as well or no they got gum gum they got devil fruit powers um and you know so they battle they hash it out they battle anyways they, they end up kicking Wapple's ass 
Luffy ends up kicking Wampo's ass, and basically he sets the island free, and out of nowhere, you know, Luffy invites Chopper to be a pirate, and he tells him, "Like, look, come be on my crew. You, I don't, we don't have a doctor. You can be on my, you can be on my crew." And he's like, "No, like he doesn't want to be, a, he doesn't want to be a pirate. He want, he he wants to work with Doctor Reen. And Doctor Reen, Doctor Reen, the old lady, the old hag, they keep calling her. Um, she don't want. I guess she figured it out." She, she ends up taking over from the other the doctor that helped Chopper initially. Chopper. Um, his his thing was he had like a heart that couldn't be healed and that she didn't know how to heal. But then she sees that he that the Luffy and them wants to take him on an adventure and wants him to join the crew and be their doctor and and just be part of the team, be a part of whatever was going on. And she says, okay, this is the way to heal his heart that couldn't be healed. That's why, and they had this thing that Dr. Dean and the other doctor that once the patients were healed, you got to go. Like, that was her, kind of like their, their thing. So she's seen that he could be healed and she kind of was like, fought him to get, to get lost and he ends up leaving. And he ends up joining Luffy and all them. Uh, he in effect becomes the sixth member of the squad. Now, Drum Island whole that whole thing took like 20, 25 episodes. Drum Island wasn't that long, but it wasn't a little bit of Chopper's backstory, uh, how he joined the team, you know, why he he felt the way he did, and not how he was gonna see the sea, and all of this stuff, and Chopper. Sets out a cell with Luffy and company, and they all pretty much accept accept him. Uh, they actually they all like him. Uh, Luffy wants to eat him at first, but then he he thinks it's cool that he's that he can talk, and then they get into his abilities too. He can eat. Uh, I don't know if he eats, but he like he gives himself like. These little balls. And he gets like, he's got the seven point, I think he calls it the seven point style or seven point transformation. He's got brain point. Uh, I don't know, he's got all kinds of, and each little point helps him out, but it only helps him for three minutes. So he's on like a timer with that shit too. Uh, but they get into that, they get into his powers. And the fact that he's a doctor, as a matter of fact, he's, he might be what they what they're basically saying is he might be like within the top top handful of doctors in all of the Grand Line, um, because he studied for like forty. They make it seem like forty or fifty years of medicines and different things and different things that require different treatments. So he's and he's young. Like I guess he's still young. I guess he's ranger, so he's magical. He can live like eternally. Um, well, they don't, I don't know, I don't know how long, because he's been alive a long time, and he still looks like a kid. So, anyways, he joins the team, they're done, they're done with the, uh, 
Drum Island. They set out to sell the log post and they immediately head towards Alabasta and that, that whole thing. And they come across in that point on the sea, they come across Mr. Two, but he doesn't know. They don't know he's Mr. Two. Well, actually, I think they do. But Mr. Doesn't, Mr. Two doesn't know that. That's not because Mr. Two headed initially. He was headed towards uh, the little garden to go find Mr. and kill Mr. Three uh, for failing to, to kill the princess. Or I don't know why Crocodile sent him to go kill Mr. Three. Um, or I think he was supposed to kill Mr. Three and Mr. Four. Mr. This is Mr. Two. And then, you know, so he, but they, they come into contact with Luffy. And I think Vivi, Vivi saw knows, recognizes that's, that's him. And she helps Luffy and, and company designate a way to, uh, identify that that's them and beat Mr. T's power ahead of time. They end up wrapping a, a bandage on their arm and putting an X underneath, which you don't find out till like way later, but. And also, at the end of the Drum Island experience, you come across Ace, Ace Akun, uh, Ace Asan, uh, and they say that he's looking for uh, Luffy, Monkey D. Luffy. Uh, I forget what Ace's whole name is, but anyways, they get to Alabasta, they fight the little uh, dugongs. The Dugongs become part of their uh, squad. At sea, anyways. They make their way out of that. And and Alabasta is a fucking desert. And the desert is fucking dry. And they they track through the desert. And immediately, like... They go one day, one day, and they're fucking gassed. They're like... um, Chopper can't handle that. Chopper's like, oh, I left this to come to the sea. Like, it's so fucking hot. Uh, and they head to, I forget where they head to first, but they, they trek across the desert and then they come to this place and it's like decimated, it's like nothing there. Uh, and then through the desert, they find some big ass creatures, they come across some sand pirates, which is kind of cool. I, I thought it was cool, it kind of reminded me of like the Tuscan Raiders, like there, there's these pirates that they cruise the, the waves of the sand. And they, they just go based off of the wind. Like, however the wind takes them, that's, they just cruise the sand. Use their ship as a boat. Uh, they come across that guy. And eventually, they run into Ace. Or Ace runs into them out of town. Smoker's there. The smoker guy comes back. The captain smoker of the Marines. Uh, and then there's a three-way tango. Uh, Ace is looking for Luffy, Luffy is looking for food, Smoker is looking for Luffy, and then they, Smoker ends up finding Ace, uh, Luffy ends up finding both of them, but doesn't know why either of them is looking for him, and that, that's kind of interesting, and then you find out Ace is, uh, Luffy's brother, his older brother, and apparently Ace is, on a whole nother level of piracy than uh, than Luffy is currently, but he's looking for he's looking for the white beard. So pirates from the white beard, 
and he's part of the Blackbeard crew. Now, he's got fire, fire powers. So him and the Smoker duel it out, but their their powers pretty much cancel each other out. But anyways, they get the story going. At, at some point, Vivi finds out that Crocodile, the Crocodile, or Mr. Zero, is behind... I forgot how they find out that he's behind everything. And... Crocodile actually is... You know what? The Crocodile... He was a good villain. I think he was he was better than Arlong. For sure. He's better than Arlong. Uh, Arlong had a plan, but his plan kind of was predicated that the fish human as a race was better. But I kind of figured that it wasn't because the gum gum abilities that Luffy had was just it was on par with the fish the fishman uh thing you know they they were supposedly the only advantage the fishmen have is they can swim in the water and that's all I can think that they have now they are incredibly strong but Luffy himself is incredibly strong uh but this was the first time that Luffy had faced an enemy that had uh, devil fruit powers, and that was actually good about using it because Buggy wasn't. Uh, I think that Buggy was only, and then the guy who who had devil uh, devil fruit powers just before the end of the Grand Line didn't really cut it, but Crocodile did. Crocodile had his powers, and he was a seven uh, a warlord of the or the seven one of the seven warlords. Uh, which you kind of find out that they're backed by the government to trim. They're supposed to, I think their whole job is to trim down on other pirates. Uh, but he wasn't doing it. But he sets up the whole Baroque works. And he had a master plan. I think, you know, if we're going to talk about it, I think the only reason he failed, was he under, he, I think he underestimated Luffy and his squad. Uh, that, that probably was the only reason why he failed. But... Vivi uh, finds out that he's like the ringleader of all of this shit, and he's actually inciting. He can control the sand, so he he's constantly making sandstorms, and like you come to find out that sandstorms have been pelting the city of Yuba for like they said three years straight, and uh, the water they couldn't use the dance dance powder because I was still water from another land uh, which the king of Alabasta did use but he didn't know that, that it was uh, well actually I think he did he was just trying to help out he did trying to do anything he could to use the to make it rain but crocodile was sending the sandstorms and drying up the land, and then putting people, the Baroque works, or the millions, the billions that he had, into the uh, into the army to infiltrate the ranks, and he was making them fight each other. And his whole goal was he was going to end up... I think his whole goal was to erase the entire kingdom of P. 
people and he was going to inhabit the whole entire sand kingdom was going to be his own like and then there was supposed to be some sort of ancient secret weapon that he could find but uh but the story progresses more and you find out that uh that's what he's really after is some ancient weapon that can decimate and that can i think it obliterate an entire island uh, but he doesn't find it. But he figured he figured if he can control the entire island of sand and not have people living there, he could, in effect, find it. Uh, but it didn't come to pass. Uh, the war between the two sides, between the rebel army and the kings and the noble army, that happens. Uh, Luffy and all them are caught in the middle of it. And at some point, Ace dips out. Ace dips out before they really start stepping up to Crocodile. Uh, because he's he can't find the clue to finding the Whitebeard. Either he's part of the Blackbeard crew or he's part of the Whitebeard crew and he's looking for the Blackbeard. But I think he's part of the Blackbeard crew. Uh, which I would assume is a, uh, one of the seven warlords as well. But I'm not sure. Uh, the, the story is still young in its infancy for me. Like, I don't know where it's going. But, uh, Luffy and them, you know, they just say, okay, the, the easiest thing to do is to beat Crocodile, get him out the country, and they would fucking put Alabasta back into the good, good, um, you know, good standings. And the whole story goes on, and yet, and Luffy, Zoro, and all of them end up at face to face with Crocodile. Crocodile, uh, his plan goes forward. The armies both collide, and Luffy ends up fighting Crocodile once. He gets his ass whipped. Uh, and when I mean whipped, he he, in effect, fucking kills uh, Luffy, but he, I guess, you know, he wasn't able to uh, kill him through. I think he just, like, he KO'd the fuck out. But he stabbed him with his hook, so I don't really know how Luffy survived that. A Nico Robin came to help him, and I guess meat is a cure-all for Luffy. I'm not 100%. Anyways, Nico Robin, Nico Robin helps Luffy survive. Um, she's got her own ulterior motives, and actually, I don't know if Nico Robin's got gum. Uh, I keep saying gum gum powers. They're devil fruit powers um, of her own. She's got devil fruit powers. I think it's leek. Um, her body is like a flower, and she can send out. Like, she can sprout like a flower or a tree, like, all kinds of arms to herself. So she can be near you and wrap your wrap you behind your back, like, your arms behind her, like, arrest you without even, like, having to do it herself physically. Yeah, she actually got good powers. Uh, but she helps Luffy. She saves him. Uh, and Crocodile... You know, continues his warpath, you know, into the city. Sanji ends up, Sanji fights Mr. Two, and Zoro ends up fighting Mr. One, which you come to find out is a guy that's got 
he can turn his body. He's like one of the Terminator. Like he, any part of his body can turn into a blade. So Zoro takes him on, and then Nami ends up getting. She doesn't get powers, but they talked about she didn't want to be just doing nothing. So you soap on the ship, I guess. Between Alabasta and Drum Island, Usopp invents her a like a kind of like a staff or a wand, and in that she can control uh, wind, electricity, water, heat, and a variety of gadgets and assortments in there. It just depends on how she connects it and how she uses it, which I think is kind of cool. Uh, as well as she can just hit you in the head with the fucking thing. <laughs> uh, but she gets her own powers and she figures out how to use it. And they all do battles. Uh, Sanji ends up fighting Mr. Two. Which is this guy that can... He can... By touching his face, he can... And by touching you, he can he can then, like, Mystique, copy you. And that's his that's his ability is he can copy anybody, and and that's how he uses his ability to both infiltrate and to get so close to somebody that killing them is like easy. So that's why he's number two. Now, Mister One, uh, they don't get too much into his story, but like I said, he can turn himself into a knife and he can just cut anybody at will and cut like. A whole house down without really even trying. Uh, but Zoro takes him on. Sanji takes on Mr. Two. Um, Nami fights her own battles. And Chopper and Usopp team up to fight Mr. I think it's Mr. Four? Could be Mr. No, it's not Mr. Four. Or maybe he got elevated to Mr. Four. Uh, the mole lady. And I think I think his power was number four. Or batter four. I don't know what number he was. But he can hit the ball, he can hit a baseball and it would just explode at you. Um, so they, all of them do their battles. Of course, Zoro gets fucked up, but he ends up beating Mr. One. Sanji gets fucked up, but he ends up beating Mr. Two. And Nami ends up beating this lady that can turn any part of her body into a, a spike as well. Uh, she's also she was Mr. One sidekick. Like between the two of them, they like it just fucking slice and dice, motherfuckers. Luffy is fighting Crocodile, which is Mr. Zero, but you know it comes to fight out. And actually, Luffy ends up calling him Gator. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah, the. Nico helps Luffy, and he ends up fighting again. Uh, Crocodile, but he comes this time prepared with water, so he wets himself, and that's Crocodile's weakness, is the sand gets hard when it gets wet, so Luffy's then able to punch the shit out of him with, uh, once he's, once his body is wet. I guess that was what he got from the first battle. So he ends up Again, the crocodile underestimated, and Luffy wets his hand. He wets his body, and he fucking just sends one of his punches, and he fucking rocks the crocodile. And crocodile—that's the—that's why I thought crocodile fucked up right then and there. Uh, he he underestimated Luffy from the from the jump. 
uh, he had him beat once. He should have never let. He should have never let him go. But he let him go, and then the and when they met the second time, like I said, Luffy wet his hands and he fucking cracked. He cracked the fuck out of uh, Crocodile, and I actually think that actually that kind of did him in right there. I mean, that he kind of never recovered from that punch because the entire time after that, he let Luffy fuck him up a little bit before he was like, all right, well, I'm going to break out this move now. My poison hook. Or I'm going to do this now. Like, you know, I'm going to turn the entire place to sand. Like, he fucked up from the jump. Like, but nothing. And then they, they squabble some more. Uh... They end up stopping. I think Crocodile was going to nuke the fucking town. But he, you know, Vivi and all them end up stopping it. Um, and at, at, some, at one point, they, um, they stopped the armies from fighting and all of that. And Luffy ends up fighting for a third time, like a third match, because he, he ends up bloody as shit again. Uh, and again, Crocodile underestimated. When when Luffy was bleeding on, on his hands and on his feet, uh, Crocodile thought he was over. Like, he thought that he was going to kill the shit out of him, but Luffy fucking bleeding and all with the blood. The blood ends up making the sand hard, too, so he ends up rocking Crocodile shit um uh, when he's bleeding, and again, like, he under, he underestimated the fuck out of him, and Luffy just fucks him up under in the underneath temple, the one that he went to go look for, the I think it's Polinograph, I think, I don't know what it's called, uh, there was a name for it, that, that Polinograph was, only Nico could read, that's what Nico was doing, piling around with, Crocodile to jump, she was after the, the, it's, it's not the polygraph, but they, they, they call it the polinograph, and I, I guess it's some sort of treasure that she's looking for or something. They're, they haven't said yet, but they go down there to read that. He, Crocodile thinks that's going to give him the location to this weapon that he's looking for, and when she reads it, she tells him that, no, this, this is only the names of dead kings and then crocodile is like well okay you betrayed me and he ends up shanking the fuck out of her and then you know luffy ends up fucking his shit up down there and he ends up hitting crocodile with the uh with the bazooka his like he puts both his fists and he hadoukens him but he fucking Hadoukens the shit out of fucking uh, Crocodile. Crocodile, he just, he, Crocodile, if he wouldn't have underestimated Luffy, he should have won. That That's what I, like, the entire time he underestimated them, like, from the jump. Like, he just thought he was going to waltz, that they were nobodies. He didn't take them, he actually was not taking Luffy serious. Luffy was taking him serious. And then Luffy ended up rocking his shit, like. Anyways, Luffy ends up saving Nico and the king, King Cobra. 
uh, he saves him. Uh, he ends up saving the kingdom. Uh, he saves, you know, they bring the rain. The rain, once Crocodile is no longer empowered, rain falls on the city. Uh, the rain is actually what stops everybody from fighting. And, you know, that little story ends in, at for a second, you kind of think that Vivi's going to join Luffy and the crew. Uh, but she ends up deciding to stay. She's going to be the princess to the, she actually was thinking she wanted to be the queen of the pirates. Because uh, she did, she kind of wanted to live her life a little bit. But she ends up staying for the for the good of her kingdom um, to help rebuild and was going to be selfish for her to leave. Uh, and Smoker, he gets elevated as well as uh, the girl that's underneath him, this, the other sword girl that, that Zoro can't fight because he thinks that's his childhood friend growing up, but they just look alike. Um, they get promoted and... You know, he's kind of upset about that because he, he knows. He wants to catch... Smoker wants to catch Luffy. So does this other... They just introduced another uh, Marine character. And I don't know what her powers is, but... Uh, apparently, she's above even Smoker. And now she's drawing the attention of Luffy. And meanwhile, Luffy... Luffy's now got a 100 million berry... Uh, He's wanted for 100 million berries, dead or alive. And Zoro's up to 60 million berries. Which they there are they're already like that's already like beyond even what some of these bigger Nico had a 20 million berry on her head, and I think it was unprecedented for Luffy to get to 30 million berries off the jump. Now he's up at a hundred. And combined him and Zoro are not at 160. And I don't know how... They haven't made mention of any other pirates that are, like, beyond that. But, I mean, they're pretty up there already. And I'm, I'm not sure they're, they're growing. Um, but anyways... They have a little run-in with the Marines. And they end up escaping. And on their escape... And this is where Netflix ends. On their escape... Uh, Nico comes out of the ship... And Luffy's like, hey, what are you doing here? And like, you've been here this whole time? And she's like, well, you owe me because I wanted to die back in the cave. You didn't let me die, so now I'm part of your crew. Now you have to keep me. Now if I have to leave, you're going to have to take me with you because I cannot stay there anymore. Like, I didn't have nothing to do. So Luffy, Luffy's like, well, okay. And then... Uh, Nami was hating on her too, but then she's like, oh, here, here's some of Crocodile's treasures. And she's got like a whole bag of gems. And Nami, Nami, because Nami's greedy, she looks at it and she's like, holy shit. Like, she's, and she goes from hating her to calling her big sis. <laughs> so, and it's funny because Zoro and Yusuf, they're like, they don't, they're kind of like thinking no. But, and then, you know, they're like, you know, Sanji's like, you know, he's sad that Vivi's not going to come, but then he sees Nico and he's like, because he's like involved with all the girls. He like, he just falls in love with all the girls. So he kind of is like, he falls in love with Nico because Nico's hot. 
And then you saw Pizarro like, oh, well, he, we couldn't have, we're the last holdouts. It's like, we couldn't count on him anyways. <laughs> Talking to Sanji. Uh, I think uh, Chopper and Luffy like her just off, just because. But then uh, you saw, how does, the last person to not like her is Zoro. I, I forget what she does that Usopp is like, okay, I, I, I'll let it go. Or actually, she talks about she's an archaeologist and that like spikes Usopp's interest to the max. Because like he's like, he, he's kind of like the tinker of the, so I guess they kind of blend, mesh together but like that. And then she starts talking to Zoro and that's kind of where the Netflix things ends. Like, I guess her conversation with Zoro is going to be into the next episode, but she ends up, for the most part, joining Luffy's squad, and basically, she's now the seventh member. Um, who knows how long she's going to pal around, but they ha- I think her going forward, she's going to set them on the trail to find these these polinograms, poly- whatever they're called. And that's going to be her deal, and how that's going to tie into probably the One Piece and the tre- the ultimate treasure. But in effect, that she is now the seventh member, and they just I just finished up. Luffy just done whipped up on the, one of the seven warlords of the sea. Now I don't know how many different powerful bosses out there, but if there's seven sea warlords, and he took out one fairly easy. Uh, the sky's the limit for Luffy and his crew. His crew keeps getting bigger and better. I think. Uh, he's get he's got a medic. He's got a professional navigator. He's got an expert swordsman. He's got a cook. He's got um, Usopp can invent shit. So, I think Usopp is gonna actually have more um more coming down the pike, because I think he can invent, if he invented Nami, a whole weapon that's pretty powerful, I mean, he could invent some shit for Luffy, some shit for Zoro, some shit for Sanji, uh, and probably some shit for anybody else, some shit for Chopper. So, we'll see. But that's that's all that I've gotten as far on One Piece on Netflix. I might update you once I watch like a hundred of these episodes on Crunchyroll, which is going to be Incredibly hard and long to do, um, which I might not want to do. I, I mean, unless I'm gonna try to find online a free Crunchyroll fucking account that I can bum the, the premium. That way I can binge watch like ten episodes a weekend and not fucking have to sit through hundred hours of commercials. But that's my one piece. That's where we're at. Uh, I, I, like I said, it's gotten way better. Like way, way better now. Now I can see why a lot of people are, are into that shit. The beginning of it is a drag oak. Compared to Hunter Hunter and you know some of these other animes that I watched, like Demon Slayer, like Demon Slayer 2 off the jump was fucking cracking. So I mean One Piece One Piece just kind of Kind of drug its feet a little bit, but now that it's going, 
now the story is pretty good, and I, I actually kind of like uh, where it's going. I think my favorite character so far is probably Zoro, still, but you know, I kind of, I kind of like Yusuf myself. I, I thought Yusuf was kind of darky. Uh, but uh, everything that he does is kind of funny. <laughs> um, and then also, I like kind of Chopper and Chopper his story. Let's see what happens. See how it goes. I don't got a dead set favorite. Like, oh, this this guy is my this guy is my like he's he's a shit. They're all kind of cool. They all kind of play well off each other. So we'll see how it goes. Now I'm not gonna post this episode until. I watched this Raider game, which is happening right now in about, uh, about a half an hour, an hour. And I'm going to watch that shit. And then I'm going to just do a quick recap of that. And then I'll post this whole up hopefully sometime tomorrow. So hang tight. I'll be I'll be right back with the, the last little bits of this. Okay, everybody. So today is um, Friday, so, December 18th. About ready, ready to wrap up this episode because the Raiders wrapped up their season a couple of weeks early. They uh, basically phoned it in and, you know, it's done. With last night's loss to the Los Angeles fucking sparklers uh, in overtime at the last seconds, you know, the Raiders season in effect just was over. It's over. Two games left. We sit at seven and seven, and even if we won out, nine and seven. I mean, I don't think that'd be enough to get in to the playoffs because the Colts, the Colts, Dolphins, the Ravens, and I think the Browns all have like nine or ten wins. Nine, I think like nine wins. So they'd have to like lose out, and we'd have to win out. And I don't just don't. That's just not happening. So. Well, that said, the Raiders season is basically over. All we got going for us now is just, I mean, we got to play these last two games. Obviously, I'd like to finish with the winning record. Uh, I would like to finish 9-7. and seven. But 8-8 eight and is cool. But I, I just don't want to lose the last two games either. I mean, that's, you got to be playing for pride. I mean, it's. You got to have pride, you know. Uh, doesn't matter what situation is in life. I mean, you got to have some pride, like, you know. Even if, I mean, and I kind of feel that way, you know, like, even if you're down and out, you know, homeless and fucking scraping by, you still have a little bit of pride, like, you know. That, okay, I'm homeless, I'm down and out, I don't got nowhere to go, nowhere to stay, but, you know, I'm pride, I got a lot of pride, I'm a hard worker, I can, I can overcome this, you know, you know, I can go and get a job and work as hard as I can, you know, even though I'm home, you know, you gotta be, gotta have some sort of a backbone, you know, or if you're winning, you gotta be prideful too, like, look, this is what I can do, this is what, this is what I am, like, so they got a lot of pride. They got a, you know. Of course, it's not what, what I as a fan wanted for the Raiders. I thought we were, I thought a couple like a month ago, I thought we were on the cusp of something good. And then we got 
gashed and crashed. Like we've only won games since I thought we were gonna move into the into the top tier echelon of the teams. So I don't know. Uh, and there's plenty of blame to go around in the organization. I think a lot of it has to do with the defense just looks so bad. Like, and it's been kind of bad most of the season. We've only had a couple of games where it seemed like the defense was pulling it together. Uh, like the Denver game. Uh, I guess the Chiefs had a, it was a good game. Um, yeah, I guess the Saints had a decent game. But, I mean, we still gave up too many points in most, most of those games. You know? And it just, you know, just the wheels came apart. Um, the wheels fell off the way. I mean, that happens. I, I, I'm not like a Raider fan that I get so invested into it that, you know, I, you know, I'm never going to be one of those fans that, like, I run out of even kilter on, you know, on it. As, as far as the Raiders goes, because, you know, when it's the Lakers and stuff and the Dodgers, you know, I kind of get it. Like, I'm like, Man, I get more bummed out. The Raiders have proven to me consistently that this is what it is. This is how we are. Uh, they need to take the most amazing run to even get to the playoffs and then to even do anything in the playoffs. It's going to take, you know, it's going to take a lot. It's going to take some more pain. There's going to be more pain involved uh, with the Raiders organizations. And I don't know what people have the expectation. I mean, I had high expectations this season, too. I thought when we got off to a good start, I was like, you know what? We're off to a good start here. Like, 2-0. and Like, okay. You know, then we got to, like, 6-3 and or whatever. And I was like, okay, we're in good shape. Like, we can beat some of these teams down the road. And then just the wheels fell off, man. I mean, it just happens. I mean, like I said, there's plenty of blame to go around. A lot of injuries. Um... A lot of rookie things, you know, Henny Ruggs is rookie, you know, this is barely Waller's second stint with us, Josh Jacobs may be having a little slump, you know, the, the defensive coordinator, you know, Paul Gunther, I mean, and I don't want to put all the blame on the defense, the offense gets their fair share of blame too, I mean, uh, you know, the offense looked like it played well in spurts. You know, really well. Um, but overall, I mean, think about it over overall. I kind of feel like the defense would get relaxed. Uh, you know, maybe get some conservative play calling in, like something like three straight runs or, you know. Like, and I get you don't. You don't want to flash a team all your weapons and then have every single play that you run on on film so other teams can prepare for it. I, I kind of get the chess match, the game, you know, because a team can go out and run all their trick plays in every play they practice on the offseason and every practice that they play, you know, during the regular season in one game. I mean, an offense will run. Like last night they ran 49 plays in the second half and I mean you could run a different play every and then teams can 
look at it and, and see what you're doing. And I get you don't want, you always want to save a wild card or two, and then you always have plays you've been working on that maybe haven't worked in practice, but you can possibly trick a team. You know, it's trick plays. You know, I, and I get that you don't want teams to just have an edge on you. So, yeah, if you have a lead, yeah, run the ball, you know, see if you can pick up a few first down, shoot the clock, kick a field goal. And I get the conservative play calling too. But it seems like we would do that, like, often. Like, we would just have random three knots where, like, it seemed like we should put our foot on the gas. There's instances of that. There's instances of, you know, the turnover bug hit us at, like, the midpoint of the season and really right around the the Chiefs, the second stint with the Chiefs, and then into the Atlanta game and into, you know, a couple other games, like, the turnover bug just hit us. Uh, I do blame also, you know, the fact that we just moved to Vegas, so not everybody is... Uh, not everybody is comfortable yet. The co- I mean, the, the there's no fans in the stadium either. I mean, it's not the same. This whole COVID, the COVID has been played a big part of it too. Like that game against the Chiefs, where the the defense didn't practice and didn't do anything all week together. Um, you know, so a- am I sad about my Raiders? I mean, I have absolutely like I thought they could have played better. Yeah, uh, but do I think we need a major overhaul like a lot of the fans? No, we don't. I think we do need uh, somebody that comes in that knows defense. I mean, I don't know who we're going to get as the next defensive coordinator. It would be interesting to see that because I think the, the offense is capable. The defense has been lackluster most of the season, so... If we get somebody that knows defense, you can get some... Because we're going to need... On defense, we have no pass rush. So... That's going to be high on our list. Well, also, we need... Um, an amazing... I don't know if we're going to have to draft a, uh, another cornerback or, or uh, a safety. You know... Somebody out there who can ball hawk. We need, need a little help on the on the upper levels of the defense. The linebacking core, I thought, did okay. And actually, we just need a pass rusher. Somebody who can garner, who's a true, true legitimate, can garner a double team on the line. Because I think at the linebacking core, Kristowski's good. Nassib is good. Uh, I think Abram is good, too. I mean, there's we got to pieces in the middle of it, but I mean, it's not enough. Uh, you still have to have people who can win man-to-man coverages, and and that can just cover and knows where the balls are going and, and can cause a, a turnover. We didn't have very many interceptions. Uh, we had some interceptions, but we didn't have many. We didn't, we actually don't create a lot of turnovers. So the teams have no fear of like chucking it on us deep or anywhere. They just have no fear. I don't know. I don't know exactly how to solve that. Maybe a better corner. Maybe some pass rush. Maybe some, you know, some people who can roam around in the middle and just pick the ball. 
a lot of missed tackles. We got to clean that up as well. Um, I thought overall the penalties were somewhat under control. I don't think we were the most like last night. Outside of them picking out Mullen, we didn't have many, very many false starts. No delay of games. No, uh, you know, offensive penalties. I mean, we didn't have any, like, really any offensive penalties. I don't, I don't think. Uh, and then if you take, if you discredit Mullen's bad game, uh, you look at the defense as a whole. We didn't have any, you know, I don't think we had any encroachments. I don't think we had. Uh, we didn't have very many penalties on on defense, no, or on special teams. So I think that is, and we're just a work in progress. I mean, I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to get too down on the Raiders. I, I don't think we're that far off. Obviously, we're off. Even if we finish eight, there's something, you know, like, damn, we need to get over the hump. We lost eight games. We won eight games. But I look at it more as like, okay, well, they're, we're like a four, four win I mean, if you're eight and eight, if you finish 500, you're two games away from a, du- a double-digit, um, you know, double-digit win season, which is good. You're one game away from a winning season, which is good. I mean, nine and seven is not where you, you're four games away from being 12 and four, which would put you right in the category of an elite team. Uh, you know. So we're not, we're not, you're not that far. It would be worse if we were like three and, and, uh, three and 10 right now or three and 11, like Jets or, you know, Owen fucking whatever. Or if you're like the Cowboys, like four wins or whatever, like we're not that team, so to speak, or we're like, damn, like the whole team needs to make over from top to bottom. And I think Mayock and Gruden have done well. I think they've done well. Uh, Gruden has really had the offense looking sharp a lot of times. Like I said, like I said, they they take the gas the foot off their off the gas, which I don't kind of like, but I get it. Um, and I know people get bummed out like the conservative play cons, like why did he call like a run there? Why did he just kick a field goal? That's it, because the chess match is within the game, and you don't want the Patriots to just study. Because I think there are some teams out there like the Patriots, like the Steelers who have people sit down and analyze every single play on every single team. And then they do their breakdowns. And they don't wait until a week or two before they start playing those teams. So they look past, you know, they're doing it every week. Because you never know who you're going to play in the Super Bowl. And you never know, you know, how the teams make adjustments. And they're watching. I mean, I don't know what the Raiders are doing as far as that goes, but... I guarantee you some of the elite teams have a whole army of people breaking down. If not for just to get a free agent, but definitely, you know, they're studying the teams that they play on their schedule, like from day one. Uh, that would that would be a good organization, um, obviously. And then, and then figuring out who they can get to do what, you know, and get their players ready way ahead of time. And I kind of think that, you know, that that's the good. So you don't want to have run every play in your whole arsenal and, and try to light up one team 50 points, uh, you know, and, and show your entire hand. I mean, I, I get it. You just want to win the games and have a different game plan for set for different teams and not, you know, 
shoot yourself in the foot, so to speak. So I, I get that. So I think I think Gruden Mayock has done well. I think the owner has done really well. I don't think there's any question. I mean, that we it's not like wow we should sell the team or we should move. We've already moved. Uh, we're not selling the team. And the Raiders' future looks bright, regardless of this season or the last ten seasons. The future looks bright. So uh, we need to iron out some wrinkles, you know, as it as it is, and iron out these wrinkles, these defensive wrinkles. He's a little bit, a little bit on the offense. The offense, I think the offense is just a tweak or two away from. And Ruggs getting an, a whole season under his belt, and you know. Um, Josh Jacobs, you know, maybe he needs a, a whole offseason to get healthy again, you know, and be back. And Waller really shined again this season. Uh, you know, maybe Jason Witten sticks around. I like Foster Moreau started, you know, come come up the last couple of weeks. Uh, Nelson Aguilar. I mean, there's, you know, the, and the the offensive line has been in in flux too. They, you got to kind of remember that, you know, Richie Incognito went down, and we had a, you know, a scramble. And it's just so hard, you know. Trent Brown was gone most of the season. It's just so hard to, you know, have consistent have consistency. If the offensive line is inconsistent as well, like, you know. So I. You know, the whole it's a whole it's the whole thing. You know, I don't really blame anybody in particular. The defensive coordinator had to go. I mean, we the last couple of weeks our defense has looked uh, like the, one of the worst in the league, and it's amazing if if we've had the defense in this much, you know, disarray. How we even got seven wins? Because if a team can just go and just score at will, I mean, we should have we should only be at three or four win team, if that, if we can't stop a nosebleed, you know, then it doesn't matter if the offense is clicking or not, I mean, the teams can just go down, like, like last night, they had three minutes to go in overtime, and they came back and scored a touchdown on us, seemingly at will, like, they did just... They just imposed their will on us, and it made Herbert look like he was, you know, Patrick Mahomes 2.0, and the way he was chucking the ball. And that actually has been going on all season with Josh Allen chucked the ball on us. Cam Newton did. Um, Drew Brees, for the most part, did. Patrick Mahomes did. Um, You know, Sam Darnold did. There's, you know, mostly everybody was chucking the ball on us at their own goddamn pace so anyways that'll do it for this episode i'm gonna get this one up uh and next week it's christmas so we'll see how the next week shakes out you know maybe i'll talk we talk about the mandalorian next week because that's ending i think tonight so i'll catch you guys on the flip guys i'm out